7, episode 6 of From the Cheap Seats. I am your host, Dylan Thompson. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for hitting subscribe, leaving a rating, leaving a review, anything. It, it, it all helps. When I say it helps, it, I, I think at least, I, I think it boosts the odds of someone else seeing the podcast it is the best way I can put that. But at least subscribe, because then you know when the pod comes out, so you, you don't have to search for it. Because I know you're so anxious to listen. <laughs> um, so last week I talked about how great August is. And and I, I mentioned um, the, the weather, football coming around, and baseball winding down. Uh, the, the playoffs and everything. But I missed the best thing ever. And that's Little League Baseball. I don't know how I missed Little League Baseball. Little League Baseball, oh, it's incredible. And, and and the facts are there that uh, people think that it's incredible because, I mean, the the first time I can remember Little League Baseball, well, it being televised um, for 12-year-olds and, and the All-Stars and everything, was when uh, a neighbor of mine actually went to the World Series, Little League World Series. Um, that same guy actually is, is now drafted and, and plays in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization, so... It's cool. Um, I know a professional baseball player, so yeah. But they would only broadcast the. Actually, they would only broadcast the championship game of the regionals um, to see who would win to go to the World Series in Williamsport. Just so you know, so so the background. Each team is from a little league, okay, and in that little league, it's just a, a rec ball little league. It's recreational play. And it's kids that I don't know how they do. I don't know how they separate who plays for what. I know it used to be there used to be zones. Like it, it was a serious thing. There were zones, and if you lived in that zone, you played for that little league. And there there were some ways you could get around it because you know it, it's sports and people did get competitive and tried to find loopholes to make a, a super team, if you will, for one little league. But so. Whatever, you have so many teams that just play recreationally that really doesn't mean anything. Um, And you have a few good kids on each team. That's how it usually goes. Then at the end of the season, all the coaches usually, at least the Little League I played for, all the coaches meet and they pick out the top 11 to 13 players in that league that should play on the Little League's all-star team. And you have... You have different ages. You have a 10-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 12-year-old. All the way, I think they, they do an 18-year-old team. Uh, usually, once you get past 14, that no one really plays Little League anymore because they're in high school. Uh, but I'm pretty sure, I know there's a 16-year-old and under. There might even be an 18. I don't know. But, so they pick that, and, and you have teams for the whole Little League, and that's baseball and softball. Now, really, the ones that matter is the 12-year-old, because that's that's the Little League World Series. That's what's being broadcasted on ESPN and ESPN3 as we speak now. So, each team from each Little League will play teams from that area. Just bas- basically like high schools almost, you know. You have a Little League that us- that is, is kids from this high school, and, and I was from Jeff GRC, and most of my team was kids from Jeff. So... The district is teams that are in your area, and you get a district winner. 
then the district winner goes and plays in the state tournament with other district winners. Once they get a state champion, then they play in the regional. In the Great Lakes region, which is the region that, that I would be participating if I was 12 and somehow went, I believe that's six teams. So that's six states. Um, we're looking at Indiana, Wisconsin. No, not Wisconsin. Sorry. Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, and maybe Wisconsin. I can't, I can't think of the sixth. But nonetheless, there's six, there's six state champions that play there. Then the winner of the regional goes and plays in the Little League World Series, which is eight teams from America and eight teams from the world. And so it's a great thing. And the reason I, 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 I'm, I'm saying that you know it's, it's appealing and people enjoy it is because that regional tournament, they used to only broadcast the championship game. People enjoyed it so much they started broadcasting the semifinals and the championship. Now I think they broadcast the whole regional tournament. And I mean, that's not... Thinking of it beyond just uh, its fun aspect, but thinking of of the money and, and the business of it. Like for ESPN to send crews out, eight different crews nationwide, and have them there for a little over a week, a week. That's, that's money that ESPN thinks is valuable enough to, to budget out and do. So Little League Baseball is growing. Little League Baseball is a great thing. I love it. August again, an, an overlooked month. Floyd, Money, Mayweather, and Conor McGregor. We haven't, I, I know I didn't talk about it last week. I don't even know if I talked about it the week prior to last. But some, some things have happened. So me personally, I, I'm pulling for Conor McGregor. I'm not a big fan of, of Mayweather. But I'm pulling for Conor, and I believe that Conor can do it. I believe that McGregor can, can win this fight. But if you talk to anyone that's more superior than I in, in this field and, and probably actually knows a little bit more about boxing as I'm kind of clueless, they're saying Mayweather all the way. It's a different style of fighting than MMA. Mayweather has experience. Because boxing and MMA are two different things. Boxing's 10, 12, 15 rounds long. MMA's three to five. A championship fight is five rounds. So it's it's about the stamina, you know? But with that being said, and stamina being key here, Mayweather, and this this is going to sound crazy, if you know anything about Floyd Mayweather and how cocky he is as a human being and as an athlete, is saying that he almost feels that McGregor has the advantage because McGregor's younger and Floyd's been out of the game for a while. And I, I don't, I, I don't get that. We on on the pod we've we've talked about. 
like last week, Kevin Durant saying nah about when someone said LeBron James is better than him. Things like that. Athletes are competitive. Athletes believe that they're the best. Or else they wouldn't be competing among the best. It's just how it is. So you're telling me that one of the cockiest men that I know, one of the cockiest human beings that I know, that I've seen, is, is, is almost making an excuse before the fight started? I mean, we're still a little under 20 days away from this fight. And we're already making an excuse that, well, McGregor has the advantage because I'm getting old. No way. I'll tell you what it is. It's money. The McGregor-Mayweather fight is not sold out yet. There is a fight at the same venue three weeks later that is sold out. An MMA fight that's sold out. But Mayweather and McGregor isn't sold out yet. So Mayweather, and in Mayweather being the money, the money guy he is, has to put, has to make it more appealing. He wants the most money he can get. So he's saying that. He's saying, well, well, they're trying to use smaller gloves. First of all, think about this. When they say smaller gloves, they're talking about a pair of 10-ounce gloves compared to a pair of 8-ounce gloves. Floyd usually fights with 8-ounce gloves. He's fought with 10-ounce gloves twice. The reason they're at 10-ounce right now is because of the weight class that they're in. So Floyd's going to say, let's do smaller gloves because to the naked eye, to me, smaller gloves means less padding, means more actual fist, which means more chance of a knockout, which makes sense to me. But here's the thing. Floyd fights with 8-ounce gloves. He's used to 8-ounce gloves. And honestly, if McGregor has less padding, McGregor being the slugger that he is and being in a sport where slugging is the thing, Mayweather will probably run more than he already does. And Mayweather runs all the time already. So you're telling me that McGregor wants to be the hero and fight with smaller gloves and Mayweather thinks that he's at the disadvantage because he's older. No way. He's trying to get your money. He also said this. He also said that he's going to change his fighting style. He's going to be an attacker. Floyd is is an elite fighter. Fighting the way he's fought. And he's going to switch up all of a sudden. He's going to switch up because he needs to attack. Because he got a lot of, of lash. Lashback. From the Pacquiao fight that, that he didn't fight, he ran. So he's going to give back to his fans and fight McGregor and attack him. Floyd does not care about us. Floyd does not care about the fans. Floyd does not care. There's two things Floyd cares about. That's Team Mayweather and that's money. Don't buy into that crap. Another reason why I hope McGregor wins. Really hope to see McGregor winning. A lot of news has been surrounding the Dolphins and what they're going to do for that quarterback situation. And I mean, it's been surrounding a a while back. Not not a while back. But at this time, it's already been decided that Jay Cutler is going to be the guy they're going with. But what's... 
So, so the option was Jay Cutler or Colin Kaepernick. And man, for them to go with Jay Cutler, that's saying a lot. Colin Kaepernick, I mean, hasn't shown a lot. The whole protest thing is another side. And and then you have the talent aspect. Now, just deleting the protest aspect of it is just straight talent. Because, I mean, the, the protest thing, yeah, I'm... I'm sure a, 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 well, I, I know a few people got mad, but it's within his rights to kneel down. Me personally, I don't agree with it, but he has the right to do it. So deleting that aspect of it, straight talent. First of all, Jay Cutler is not a very successful quarterback as is. And not only Jay Cutler had basically given up. Jay was going to pursue a broadcasting career and just stop playing. So not only are are they just not not going with Kaepernick for talent reasons, but on top of that, Jay Cutler, I would even put him lower than Kaepernick because he wasn't even thinking about football. He wasn't even thinking about playing. It's almost like, a Brett Favre move because he kind of retired and now he's playing again. And boy, do I not want another Brett Favre that's going to retire seven times in a matter of three weeks. But what's that say about Colin Kaepernick? I mean, geez. But anyway, they did go with Cutler. And and Jay... Another thing, so I said Jay Cutler doesn't have, hasn't really had a successful career. But he bought the number six jersey from a a current player on the Dolphins. And and the number he paid, I don't know. I know that the guy he bought it from was making the league minimum and and Cutler's made well over $100 million with all the time he's had in the league. So I'm sure it was easy to find a, a good number for them to agree on but I, I, the the number the total from my knowledge has not been released but he really wanted that six number and six hasn't been too well for you jay why i, I don't know why you just wouldn't go with something else now i get it i mean being an athlete it it's almost a superstitious thing like me it when i played baseball if i didn't have I always wore a sleeve that came three-fourths down my right arm. And I always had either tape or not a sweatband, but a diff- or an Evo shield. Tape or an, or an Evo shield or it's something covering up my left wrist. And two things. One, if I didn't wear any of it, I felt naked. I still feel naked now. I, I usually wear a watch on my left wrist and I have a uh, one of those rubber wristbands for... For uh, an ALS thing. And then I have one of those. Is it pronounced low key? The little balls that. There's a black one and a white one. And and it's red, white, and blue. So go USA, right? But I mean, that that was just me. I felt naked. Um, Also, if it was cold. I would never wear my sleeves all the way down. I I never wore a sleeve coming from under my shirt. More than three-fourths of the way down. 
don't know. That's just how it was. I felt weird if it was all the way down. I felt weird if I didn't have anything at all. I had to be in the middle every game. So I get the superstition part of it. And I don't know. Go with eight. Go with ten. Pick something different. Maybe you'll have more luck. But hey, the best of luck to Cutler in Miami. Hopefully they, they made the, the right call there. The Dolphins did. So, and I hate talking about this because it's a year away, people. LeBron James' contract is a year away. He still has another year in Cleveland, and then he's a free agent. But the media's in in a roar because Jamal Crawford replied to one of LeBron's tweets about working out in Minnesota or something. And this is what LeBron's reply said. And we're not talking about just a regular tweet. This is just a reply, a casual reply. LeBron says, may have to make a day trip up there when I'm back home in L.A. Bro. Don't forget the bro. Emphasis on back home in L.A. So all the media thinks that it's L.A. He's he's going to L.A. as soon as this year's over. Because it's home, apparently. Before I get into it, I'll admit, saying back home in L.A. is weird. He might he could have just said when I'm back home. But with that being said, what's LeBron's net worth? I don't know. Way more than I'll probably ever see. Period. LeBron probably has a house in LA. LeBron probably spends his summers in LA. Cause why not? LA's a great is a great part of the nation. I love LA. I'm not much of a of an outdoorsy wilderness type of guy. I love being in the city. I'm, I'm a city guy. I'm so glad that I live so close to Louisville because I'm a city guy. If we're going on vacation, don't don't take me to the beach. I'd literally rather go to New York or LA or even a closer place to me like Cincinnati. I like the city. So I get that. Spending your summers in the city. I've heard that Mark Cuban, who's in Dallas with the Mavericks, spends his summers in L.A. Because, I mean, Texas is hot. He wants to get away from the Texas heat. I get that. L.A. is a cool part of the the nation. Excuse me. So that's fine. And he can call it home. I'll tell you what. When I go to college, my dorm is home. If I'm at someone's house, I'm going home. I'm not going to say I'm going back to my dorm. I'm, I'm going home. That's where I'm living. I mean, it's kind of sad because my quote-unquote home is a basically a prison block, cell, whatever. We have to share showers. <laughs> but it's home. It's where I'm living. I call it home. I don't... Th- th- there's nothing to be in an uproar about right now. That... I don't think it's anything. But again, emphasis on the bro. So with the with the NBA and comparing players again, I feel like I always compare players, but I mean, it, it's fun. I enjoy it. You have the, the big talk of LeBron and, and Michael, but LeBron and Michael never really played together. Who did play together? Kobe and LeBron. And 
a few years back in, in Kobe's prime and, and, and LeBron's, no, I mean, LeBron's still on his prime. Who knows? But, I mean, they were almost competing. Something unlike anything else. And But I would almost compare that to something that's happening today in baseball. In baseball, you don't really compare athletes because, well, first of all, to, to be blunt, baseball isn't a, a, really a sport that attracts a lot of fans. People go and they watch basketball games and they watch football games, and that's just how it is. Also, it's almost like, and I'm not saying baseball players aren't divas. I'll get to that in a second. But most of the divas and the 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 more flashy guys are are playing basketball and are playing football and they're getting more of the media's attention because that's just how the media is. But baseball players are divas. I work in a clubhouse of a AAA team. They're divas, period. I'm not saying they're not divas. But behind the scenes more, more or less. But, I mean, we have Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. Now, talking about the flashiness, Bryce is definitely more flashy than Mike Trout is. Bryce Harper with the hair that he flips and and everything. I mean, Mike Trout has a has a buzz cut, I'm pretty sure. But these two guys are, are duking it out. Bryce Harper just recently hit his 150th home run. Now, get this. Bryce Harper's 150th home run was hit at the age of 24 in 295 days. Mike Trout hit his 150th home run at the age of 24 in 295 days. That is a stat. I find these stats and I really think, who in the world found that stat? But I'm thankful for it because I'm not taking the time to figure out, well, when, how old was Mike Trout when he hit his 150th to the day? I mean, they should have done it to the second. See how close we could have gotten there. But Harper and Trout. And it is a little different in baseball because you don't have the head-to-head battle. You can put Kobe on LeBron. You can't put Trout on Harper. Trout's never going to throw to Harper. Harper's never going to throw to Trout. It's not how baseball works. It's not baseball. But hey, it's something to look out for. Now, something that I've thought about a while and something that's over or, or someone who is overlooked when it comes to athletes and sports are the coaches and the managers. So, I wanted to pick out which sport is the manager/coach position the the most valuable? I don't think valuable is the word I'm looking for, but has the most impact. So I picked five sports. We're talking about football, basketball, baseball, soccer, and hockey. I just feel like those are the the five main sports that we watch today. And so I ranked them. Coming in at number five is going to be the game played on ice. 
I don't really see what a manager has to do there. I mean, there's no set pieces, really. It's basically just a landslide of guys skiing up and up and down. I'm not taking anything away from hockey. It sounds like I'm downing hockey. I Hockey's actually fun to watch. I, I started watching it ever since I went to Ball State because, I mean, there's a lot of Chicago people there, and they love their Blackhawks. So I started watching hockey a little bit. And I enjoy, it, it, it's fun. I would love to go to a hockey game, actually. But I don't see there being any strategy that the coach has to make. So that's why it's number five. Number four. And very close to, to hockey. And the only reason it's above hockey is because it has set pieces. Is going to be basketball. Yeah, sure. They can make plays. Now, they do have to make plays inbounding, and that's why it's above hockey because there is that inbounding factor where plays do matter. You can make a play all you want. It's almost like street basketball anymore. That's what the NBA is. That's why I'm not really appealed to it. But that's the day we're living in. I don't see really much strategy at all there. Number three, soccer. You can argue, yes, that soccer, it's just like basketball. There's no plays. But the thing about soccer, especially in international soccer, you have three substitutions. In basketball, you're free with that. In soccer, you have three substitutions. And guess whose call that is to to make saying who subs in and who they sub in for? It's the coach. That three substitution limit right there could be a game changer. Getting fresh legs in in the 80th minute. That could be the person who scores your your game-winning goal. Second, football. I mean... The, the head coach really doesn't have a say in every play because you have an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator f- for a reason. But if they wanted to play ran rather than what the offensive coordinator picks, I can tell you what play is going to be ran. When the game is a one-point game and your team just scored a touchdown to make it a one-point game, and there's three seconds left, and you're either going for the win or you're tying it. Who's making that call? When you're 50 yards away and you have a 60-yard kick, who's making the call, whether you're going for the field goal or you're going to hail Mary it? Dead coach. There's a lot of strategy in that game. And by process of elimination, we're left with baseball being at the top. And it's going to be hard to believe for most of you. But first of all, I want you to think. Baseball has been described as a game of inches for a while. And the reason that makes sense from from my aspect, being a broadcaster, baseball is hard to broadcast because you have a two to three hour span that you're talking over with 18 minutes of action. 
So think about that. 18 minutes of three hours is when action really happens. So when that ball misses that glove by one inch, that can be huge. The whole strategy, it's more in the National League rather than the American League because a huge strategic part of the base of the game of baseball is is the DH and then pitch hitting for their pitcher and everything. If you have a designated hitter, you're going to sub in the pitcher freely. That doesn't matter. But when that pitcher has to hit, you get into double switches, things like that to try to keep that pitching spot away from the lineup. It can even come down to calling every pitch. Every play is a strategic move with scouting reports. Where does the guy hit? Every at bat. I, I, I mentioned last week. The hitters want to know every pitch that the pitcher has, the velocity range of every pitch, and the percent he has to throw that pitch to a lefty, righty, two strikes, 1-0. They want to know that because that's how strategic the game is. Baseball, it really isn't a game of talent. It's a game of strategy. Yes, you have to be talented enough to play. But the strategy is key to that game. And that's why baseball is taking the number one spot for how important and how big of an impact managers can have. Well, episode six is now in the books, and it will be the last episode done from my studio slash spare bedroom for a while. We th- this this room also has another great perk and another purpose now. It's not only my my studio slash my DJ practicing room, but now it will be what Krista says the staging room. For me to get all my things packed and ready to go to Muncie with me. But yeah. I mean the only problem with this thing, you get a little echo and a little bit of uh a little buzzing. If you really if you really turn up the podcast right now, you'll hear it, just wait. I'm sure you heard it. But hey, we're we're doing the best we can. Episode seven next week, and it will be recorded somewhere in Muncie. I can tell you that. Where? I have no idea. But I would like to pick somewhere other than my actual dorm room. But I do have a lot of things to carry and travel with. So that could be a problem. But we'll figure it out and I will let you know next week for episode 7.